Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, August 8th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we talk about the new and improved Feathers front-end prototyping gem, white space bugs in JSON files, and taking the skateboard approach to product development. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello. Hello there. Um, so... Turns out Kelly is going to be moonlighting on another podcast. I am, but only for one episode. <laughs> That's awesome. What's uh, So the 5x5 five five Network, Dan Benjamin's collection of very, very professionally iconed podcasts. <laughs> yes. Um, one of my, the Twit and 5x5, five five, probably my two favorite big name podcast brands. Um, but what's the particular one that you are scheduled to be on? They have a Ruby on Rails podcast, which is called simply the Ruby on Rails podcast. <laughs> Clever. Yes. And put a we, lot of thought into it. Do we know the hosts, or are they are they? Uh, we know famous? the host, um, Sean Devine, I believe is his name. Sweet. <laughs> That's a I great. He, name. I know he's barely known on Twitter. I think that's his his Twitter username is is barely known. Are you serious? Not, yeah, not that he doesn't have a lot of Twitter followers. Yeah. He's barely known on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so I like the guy already. Totally. Uh, I'm gonna make an account. Has a lot of followers. <laughs> uh, and when is the uh, podcast scheduled to launch or? The show episode releases a September thing around the uh, leading up to Rails Rumble. Le- leading up to Rails Rumble, yeah, I think it's going to be sometime. I think it's going to air in September. I'm recording on like the fourth or fifth of September. Okay. So I'm not sure how soon after that it will air. Cool. Well, obviously, dear listener, we will keep you updated in case you want to hear Kelly's opinions on a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you know what you're going to be talking about yet? or uh, I presumably just like Rails Rumble stuff, like my experience with it and things I've learned and, and, and done and did wrong and, and did right and, and that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. I'm interested to hear that. Yes. I, probably, I am I am super excited for Rails Rumble this year. I'm, I am ridiculously excited. It's, it's embarrassing almost. Yeah. I yeah. just can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. So I, I actually kind of think it's partially because I'm like so jazzed about our idea, mm-hmm. which we're not quite ready to talk about. But the feature today is going to be uh, related to that. Uh, but yeah, I'm super jazzed too. I can't wait. And this is my very first uh, like competitive coding. Yeah, <laughs> experience. yeah, it is. It is, the, and this will be the first time in four years that I've done it, that I've teamed up with someone for Rails Rumble. I've soloed for the last, the last three times I did it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, usually my competition is entropy, but now it's actually human beings. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not used to it. Yeah. That, that entropy is a killer though. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, very exciting. Yeah, that'll be fun. So one of the things uh, we were, one of the things we discussed actually, this is an attempt at a segue, mm-hmm. uh, is that some of the things you can do is I was, uh, I'm, since I'm new to Rails Rumble, I'm not clear on what exactly you can do in advance and what you can't. Okay. And since... I should, I should clear that up before you accidentally do something that disqualifies us. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like my, my first step of all of these things is to ask. So that should be fairly safe. But, um, one of the things that w- we've chatted about was I was like, well, what, what about like, f- like the front end stuff? Like I'm a big fan of writing stuff from scratch, but I bet you that's not going to go over so great in the judging. If like people aren't going to appreciate the fact that something runs on 5 million things, cause they're not going to try that. They're just be like, Oh, this looks kind of dull. Then I could be like, wow, this is super robust. It works. It works on my watch. Yeah, they're not going to notice that. So, yeah. so it's like, well, we'll probably, you know, probably given a forty-eight hour time constraint and the fact that that probably needs to look flashy. So, sort of like for all the wrong reasons, um, you sh- yeah, we or should at least at least finished. Yeah, yeah, it needs to at look least like, to look designed. It needs to look designed exactly. You had a really good. What was it? What was your you made a really good sort of a quote that now is escaping me. Yeah, you were like, you're like, um, it was something about confidence. Like, if it doesn't look oh. confident, it's gonna, like, it needs to look. I mean, I, come on, yeah. let's be honest. The most important thing is for it to look awesome. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> please. Like that is going to be everybody. It's everyone's first impression. Like as soon it's as it's going to be the first impression. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, like one of my questions, and this isn't exactly what I was going to say, but one of my questions was, can we pay someone to do an icon for it? Probably not. I think we can if we note it in the in the notes on our app, but I'm not sure if it can be done beforehand. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's like, like, does that person have to be on the team or like is if we get it from a place where anyone could have bought it, is that okay? Uh, I'm not entirely, you know, I can ask. It's a, I don't, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know. Yeah. So, and I I suppose that's. I'm a a little iffy on, on paid on what their specific rules are about resources and things that you pay for. Well, right. And so here's, here's why that's sort of an extreme example of this, which is, you know, I was like, we should probably use a front end framework, even though I almost never do that. Right. Because it, they do in two seconds. They're like, wow, that looks good. Uh, it might be slow and clunky and not extensible, but (laughs) you know, you know, if we're trying to get over the hump and create a first impression, then then Bootstrap, which I'm not a fan of, is like to, totally does that. It makes a great yeah. first impression. Um, so I was like, should we use feathers or maybe top coat or Bootstrap? And and I was like, like can we use a and and this is where the the paid thing came from. Like, can we buy a Bootstrap theme, or do we have to use one that's free? Or like buy, like buy something from Theme Forest, right? Right. You know, like, you know, I think as of last year they started allowing that, but I'm not entirely sure. So It's an interesting it might be, question. It'd be worth looking into. Yeah. I can I can email I can email Nick and ask. Yeah, that would be good to know. But that's a long way of segueing into the fact that there's a feathers <sighs> update. There is a feathers update. 
Yes. I, I updated on updated it on Saturday. I have been wanting to for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say it's a large-ish update. Um, I did a couple of things. I uh, there were some configuration options for setting some different setting your default colors and and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I simplified those down a fair bit. Um, so in some ways it feels like you have less options, but really the options are they're just a lot more streamlined now because I don't have like okay, here, pick three shades of a medium gray. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just, you know, like pick a medium gray and, and everything else will be calculated right. based on that. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> All the right. other grays are calculated based on that <laughs> kind of thing. Gotcha. So I, 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 I simplified the configuration in that regard, should you not want to use the defaults. And I also, um, there were some, some little CSS... I don't want to say bugs, but just little things about the way um, typography was done and and the way it, the way the the typography looked that I I wasn't overly happy with. Mm-hmm. So I went in and I, I cleaned that up um, a fair bit, and um, some of the some of the reset logic there was cleaned up, and then I also. Um, the examples I had before and the way that I had the things set up before, um, I was just using, there was a lot of icons in the examples and, and that kind of stuff. And I was using font awesome for all of that. Mm-hmm. And now I've removed, removed font awesome as that sort of, I don't want to call it dependency because it would work without it before, but it just seemed kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so I've just, I've kind of decoupled it from font awesome a little more and it still plays nicely with it, mm-hmm. but it's, it doesn't feel like, Oh, I'm I'm missing font. Awesome, <laughs> you know, you know. Right. Cool. And so now, interestingly enough, you're like, well, I don't know if I'd use feathers for Rails Rumble. For people who haven't checked it out, what what would be the appropriate time to, um, you know, use feathers? Yeah. Or like, what's the yeah. appropriate well, size project? Yeah. Well, I um, it's not that I don't know that I would use it for Rails Rumble because I did. Um, Feathers is actually based off of all of the CSS and everything that I wrote last year for Itemize. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know if you mentioned that that was a winning. Yeah, that part where it won. <laughs> yeah, there's that thing where that <laughs> no, won. I, I don't think I mentioned it. So obviously it is sufficient. For... Yes, I, I, I just I don't know that it would be a good fit for this particular site. because yes. we're. Yeah, yeah, but where Feathers... Um, I mean, like it's it's great for. I feel like it's great for small apps. I mean, I feel like where it really shines is like just quickly, rapidly prototyping. Yeah, because you can throw it in there and, and use it with the Rails default scaffolding and all of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and the the people I know that use it on a regular basis um, use it for for prototyping and testing and, and like. Live coding with interview candidates and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, just like bam, bam, like there it is, nice, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't have to mess with anything. It's like bam, nice, right? Cool, very cool. Like we need a we need a sound clip of Emerald, bam. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. I don't, if, is, is he, I don't even know if he's still. I don't think he's still doing that. He's got, he's like, he's like a pantheon of food network gods, I think. But I, I, so? 
I haven't seen, like, we got rid of cable years ago, and I'm telling you, I haven't seen Food Network anywhere once, and not, never. I know, I know. I, I kind of miss Good Eats. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. So good. And, like, an HGTV, like, like House Hunters International. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I could watch that for 40 hours straight. And often did. That yeah. Was, that was the problem. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. House Hunters, House Hunters and on HGTV and um design on a dime and forget about on, it. Yeah. yeah. Trading spaces. Oh. You're making me want to call Comcast. <laughs> so, speaking of updates, uh, I did a minor kilo update that I suppose is worth mentioning uh, a couple of you know the ability to edit exercises and a mm-hmm. couple of little CSS things and it made sure that it uh, worked across couple more devices uh we recently came into the possession of an xbox 360 nice uh, yes it is pretty nice and it turns out ie is on there interesting so i have uh officially tested kilo using a you know joystick game controller and it works just as good as it works everywhere else awesome which is uh something that i'm going to do a defined case study on for an O'Reilly webinar coming up in the next month or two mm-hmm. where I do a, um, um, you know, like, a, a like here's the, here's the, look how simple the source code is. Okay, great. No big deal. A little bit of, you know, 800 lines of CSS maybe. And, um, and here it is on Xbox. Here it is on, uh, you know, every, major phone here it is on firefox os here it is in phone gap here it is on a watch here you know every everywhere um so that might be interesting to people where it's it's like an example of literally what this podcast is about which is you know build have a code base and have it just deliver itself to uh everything everything every possible thing yeah here it is on a kindle yeah, I, you know what? That's I I know it works on a Kindle or did mm-hmm. at one point. I haven't I don't know that I've changed anything that would make have broken it, but I haven't tested it in a while, so I'll have to fire up my old Kindle 2. Yeah, I at one point had tested it in the browser on my Paperwhite. Mm, I'm sure it works there. Yeah. So the the funny thing is like one of the things that that uh there's really two things that are important when you're just like have no idea what you're targeting. One is to make it work without JavaScript mm-hmm. or not even, I shouldn't even put it like that. One is to make it, well, make it just work and then add JavaScript later for fancy stuff. Uh, that's one thing. And the other thing is to be sensitive to the ability to tab around the interface. Yes. So if you can, if you load your, um, if you load your thing, your web app or your website in a regular desktop browser and you start using the tab key to tab around if it if you can't use your website using the keyboard on your desktop it probably won't work in a ton of places it won't work on a tv it's not going to work on a game control uh, uh, a game console it's almost certainly not going to work in uh the you know an older kindle it's not mm-hmm. going to work in link well man would it work in links uh, no, probably not probably not and you and you would end up your tab index is also going to affect have some accessibility issues when it comes to like people who need to use the keyboard 
and a computer to navigate the site. Right. And I'm sure, well, I don't know, maybe the dear listener is sensitive to these kinds of things, but most people, when they hear that, they're like, I don't give a crap if it works on an Xbox. Who's ever going to use my web app on a PS2 or whatever, you know, anything. And the, and the thing you're like, yeah, I'm sure they're probably not, but the, the, but something's going to come out, you know, like, like backwards compatibility is good for forwards compatibility. Right. So exactly. like, yeah. So it's like that much less debugging. It's that much less, it's that many fewer bug reports. It's that much fewer. It's just like less nightmare and it's not any harder to do. It's just an approach. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. backslash soapbox. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so getting pretty excited about that. Um, I think that's, I think that's all the housekeeping. I think it is. We didn't have a whole lot this week. No. No, we didn't. But you know what we have next? We have a bug report. Bug report. Bug report. This is a classic. This one drove us a little crazy. Yeah. For about an hour. Yeah, this is a classic kind of bug report. It's like just it's like ugh. and it ended up being a typo on my part how is it a th- really yes i see i don't even I, I i know what you mean but i wouldn't even say that because i feel like the 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 breakage well, shouldn't have happened right i feel like the breakage shouldn't have happened but the thing that broke it was not supposed to be there it was actually just a typo on my part right okay so this is so i think this deserves a little background as i always do yes um, and so we have, you know, so sticky albums has this like sort of unusual, um, p- public publish process that I think at some point we will actually detail. I th- yeah. It'd be depth. super fun to detail at some point. Yeah. But so f- for reasons, we do this thing where the, <laughs> because reasons, because reasons we have this builder application that generates microsites and rather than uh, rather than people when people visit the microsite instead of that actually hitting the database live it it accesses data from a generated json file so like when you when you're working in the builder you're building things you're building things you're building things okay you have things the way you want them you're looking at the preview everything looks nice then you essentially you hit publish and mm-hmm. it takes a snapshot of the database, it stores it as a JSON file, and it puts it on the a server. completely different server. Completely different server, copies it across the network, puts it in this server. So this, so the microsite is a completely standalone thing that you could put on any, anywhere. Yes. And um, f- for, because reasons, as you, as you pointed out. Uh, so the, one of the, uh, points of fragility that that creates is that it's extremely dependent on json and so i don't even know if you know this so i'll tell you the the json file until until very recently until this week the json file was read locally on the file system by php and converted into a php object I, i was aware of that right so so as the front end got more and more complicated, I found myself doing this really dirty thing um, 
well, I was I was being dirty at the beginning, but it wasn't very. It was just a little, a little dirty, and it was getting more and more prevalent. Where what I would do is, in the um, the view file, which is like uh, more or less just straight up PHP. It's mostly HTML with little bits of PHP. Um, I don't know what, what do you call that? Like, what's that? What's it called for that sort of PHP templating syntax? Um, they're um, short tags. Yeah, right. So yeah, exactly. So I'm using like some PHP short tags, and what is the vast majority of the files HTML, and I've got a couple of loops, and I've got a couple of if thens, but m more or less, I'm just injecting some PHP into some HTML. So super basic. But as things got more and more complicated in the JavaScript, uh, there was a I put a script block in the head, mm -hmm. where I essentially pass some some PHP variables into JavaScript global JavaScript variables. So, uh, so there's a script block at the top where I do things like um, album token. You know var. You know I'm I'm writing JavaScript var album token equals and then. PHP echo the token and, into and then PHP echo the the value of whatever the token is in the PHP right so right. I'm embedding PHP inside of JavaScript inside of <coughs> HTML which is super disgusting <laughs> and then he wants to go take a shower I do want to take a shower I want like the thing that's the thing that you know you're in trouble when the when the syntax highlighting just can't figure out what the hell you're doing <laughs> <laughs> right that's when you're in danger yeah too many languages too many languages yeah it's like it's like too much embedding so i yeah. was like all right you know what i'm gonna this is stupid because i've got all the all the all you know it was like there was like it was getting up to like 10 variables that i was passing from php to javascript mm -hmm. i'm like this is stupid because they're all in the main object so yeah, I'm just like going to just parsing them to set them again somewhere else. Right. So why don't I just pass the whole album object? I'll just pass the whole thing and then I can have everything anywhere and use the, almost the exact <laughs> same syntax as I'm using in PHP. Right. Simple. Right. It's easier. That's like in a, that's much better. That's good refactoring. So I take out all that stuff, all of these individual scalar values you know, be like album token yeah. and album URL. There's all these just straight up string variables that I was passing. Yeah. And instead, I took the PHP object and I used JSON encode to convert it back to JSON, which it originally was. Right, but you did have to do some some magic to it on your end. Yeah, I, I, I extend the object by calculating some, basically applying some business logic to it. And uh, that's specific to the front end thing that doesn't need to be in the database. Right, so specific so, to that theme. Right. So I calculate all that stuff out, and I and now I have like a bigger JSON, or you know, I take the original JSON from the database, I turn it into a PHP object, I extend it, I add a bunch of stuff to it, I turn it back into JSON, and I say inside of a script tag in the in the HTML template, var album equals, and then like poop the JSON object. poop the JSON object out yeah. as a string. So I convert it back to a string. And then in the in the and then JSON dot parse the string, and sure enough, everything crapped, <laughs> <laughs> but not right away. So it was like so it was totally one of those things where I was like it 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 was working perfectly for me while I was testing, but I had a very you know I was just using one uh, yeah. JSON out you know lump of JSON, and then. 
um, a particular kind of a special kind of album broke. Yes. Which is like a and long I story. I almost cried. Right. Yeah. I'm sure you were like, oh no. Like what? Yes. I was, I was, yeah, I was having kittens. Right. Because I pushed it to the staging server and then you're testing something else. And it was like for no, you know, for no obvious reason, everything broke all of a sudden. And you're like, I assume it's something I just did. Yeah. Because then, and it's like, I've been working on this for like this logic for what feels like forever. And it has to be done by Wednesday. Mm. <laughs> and it all just died when I thought it was finished and working. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. So, okay. So we're like, this was, this was pretty wild because we're, we're parsing JSON. Uh, we're, we're parsing and stringifying JSON in back and forth. Like I think three times. <laughs> yeah. So we pull it out of the database you convert it to the content a string that is going to mm-hmm. be the contents of a text file mm-hmm. that gets pushed over a server. I then read that string with PHP. I convert it into a, a PHP object, yeah, right. PHP array. It's it sort of implicitly yeah. it turns it into JSON first, and then it and then it changes it into well, I guess JSON decode except a string. So okay, so it converts it into so it's valid. It's a valid mm-hmm. JSON string. It tur- it works. The JSON JSON decode works. It turns it into a you know multi dimensional array or object in PHP. And like okay, great, that worked. I add some stuff to it. Uh, I convert it. I say stringify basically or whatever it is in PHP. JSON encode. JSON encode. It works. No error. And and then. I take that string and I stuff it into the uh, the HTML template, and then JSON parse in the JavaScript. In the JavaScript, on the thing that was just encoded by PHP successfully fails. Yeah, and you take that string and you copy it and you go to jsonlint.com and you paste it in and you click validate and it comes up valid. It works. Yeah. So the string is valid. We well, like what? Like what? yeah i'm still not comfortable with this like we found out what the problem was but i still think that the the fact feels weird it feels like a bug in json parse frankly it does anyway so um so we're so this was the thing so it was reporting an error in the browser Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was um oh i could almost remember it was like syntax uh or unexpected token unexpected token and nothing unexpected token colon nothing nothing i'm I'm like oh man and it's you know character somewhere yeah and it's all one line of json of course so it's like a mile long line of json so it's like (laughs) unexpected token on line one (laughs) thanks yeah um that actually and then you click click through on the inspector because normally it'll highlight where on that line the problem is Mm. nope so that's my fault and the reason is uh in this and in this uh solution or this application i am inlining all of the javascript and css into the index.h well it's an index.php file really uh instead of including them as network requests on the outside right for again for reasons 
Well, you know, for so I can avoid all the network lists. Yeah. It's like all the files are on the same server, so I'm just, yeah. just I basically compile a gigantic index file and make one network request. Yeah, and just one, and it so it's like wicked fast. But the the yeah, and um, it makes caching easier and yeah, all that stuff. Um, right, app caching specifically. Um, but when you go to debug it, it's like you know, it's an eight thousand <laughs> line long. You know, I've got like yeah. like like jQuery raw in there. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me. You ever write those really really long SQL statements, mm. like crazy long, and then you get my SQL says you have an error in your SQL statement. Check the syntax near, and then it pastes the entire query. <laughs> check check this the syntax near the query. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That's really helpful. Yeah. So that is kind of a pain in the butt. I've, I've, I've often toyed with the idea of of in development having those includes be normal, but I don't know. Anyway, um, what I did was I went in and I put a a syntax error into the JSON on purpose to make mm-hmm. sure that the the way that the, was reporting the error, because I suspected that it was telling us that there was a, some kind of white space error. You're right. And I was like, so I put a pipe character randomly at the beginning of the JSON object, which is clearly invalid. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, when I reloaded the page, it was like unexpected token colon pipe character. So I'm like, exactly. so I'm like, okay, there's some white space character that's causing a problem here. And in fact, when you copied and pasted it into like Adium, it came in as a return or like some kind of special character. Yeah. So, but so weirdly it turned out to be a slash T it did. Yes. Which I think is valid. It's a tab. You can have a tab. Yeah. In JSON. So I don't understand. It feels like a bug in, in JSON parse. Yeah. So I, so, and you know, I don't like the, the, the useful information here is like, <laughs> If you get a JSON error and it says like unexpected token nothing, it's it's white space, first of all, and second of all, make sure it's there's no slash T's in your JSON. Yeah. Yeah. But uh uh I wonder if when you paste it into JSON Lin it doesn't expand it and it's just stays slash T. I didn't look. I didn't look either. I don't know. I bet you that's what it is. I bet you it doesn't convert it to white space. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's just like might as well be a, a T and like a exclamation point or something. Yeah. Some meaningless character. Yeah. That backslash wasn't even supposed to be in there. That was a typo. Oh, right. So that's right. So that was your, yeah, that's like, that was like your, let me guess. That was you with a weird date formatting string. Yes, I was. Yes, exactly. PHP date formatting. And I was escaping. Like I wanted the word at in the date format. So I was escaping. Mm. <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah that that was a lot more exciting when we were actually wrestling it with was. it i think it was really boring to talking about it but it might um, have been but you know straight tab characters yeah straight tab yeah long story short yeah right. it does feel like a weirdness weirdness with jason parse though yeah so perhaps the dear listener knows more about that than we do and can report back from the field. Yes. Ah, that wasn't the feature. 
No. Oh my god, I gotta you gotta get me under control. You gotta yell at me sometimes. Well, it, I just get rolling. I can't stop. It, it's it's <laughs> hard. You know, I drop subtle hints sometimes, and you just yeah, steamroll. I'm a steamroller. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. I am. I just can't help it. <sighs> well, there's always the delete key. In there the, is. In, yeah, this is why you edit the audio. Right. You know, like you do this to yourself. I know. I'm just making my job harder. Exactly. I just love talking about JSON. <laughs> love it. PHP and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I had, I had the hardest time. I had a, a day the other day where I was just, I was switching back back and forth between regular JavaScript and CoffeeScript and Ruby and PHP so, so much. Jeez. By the end of the day, just like all I could do was just mash the keyboard and hope something came out. Yeah, it was, seriously. My, my brain was tied in so many knots. That's brutal. <laughs> what, what, no Python? Uh, no, there was no Python. There was some bash, though, come to think of it. Fun goo. Yeah. <laughs> That's My brutal. brain hurts. I know. I've done, like, one, one that Time Inc. coffee script thing, which I didn't dislike after I got mm-hmm. over the hump. I did not dislike it, but switching back and forth is yeah, not that... to be recommended. you got to just go with it. Right. All right, but I was working with some third-party libraries that I had to do stuff, change around in. You know, they're just JavaScript. Mm. So I had JavaScript and CoffeeScript and Ruby and PHP and a little bit of Bash. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Semicolons. Went just, like, want to just unscrew my head and take my brain out and rinse it in cool water. <laughs> <laughs> Semicolons. Semicolons everywhere. Yes. Oh man. Well, um that's probably enough about the uh probably enough on the bug report. I think we've we've nailed that one. Yeah, I think we've squashed that bug. Right. And so for the one person who's still listening, <laughs> we can switch over to the feature. Sound good? We can. Excellent. Uh cool. So the feature today we have dubbed the skateboard approach. We have because which we have basically stolen from this awesome little graphic you found yes explains I, it perfectly i wish i knew where it was from but the the backstory is that because we all know i love a good backstory <laughs> <laughs> here we go again yeah here we go again <laughs> um so this this is we kelly and i've been having like an uh, like a, a detailed ongoing conversation about how how we're going to execute our rails rumble idea in 48 hours and make it like super compelling, like right. cr- crazy compelling. And, and one of the, th- one of the sort of general things that came to my mind is that since you don't, it's, you know, you've only got 48 hours. So, you know, you kind of, it's hard enough to estimate how long it's going to take to do anything in a software project. Mm-hmm. It's like either done I, just, I saw this tweet the, the, today, in fact. There are two, two answers to the question, how long is it going to take? One answer is, it's done. And the other answer is, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. And I, you have to laugh because it's true. It is. And, and, then, and then it's like, here's 48 hours, build an app. Right. So you never know when 
when the clock's going to stop. I mean, you know when the clock's going to stop, but you never know how far you're going to get when it happens. So you like so the approach I feel like is one that I've often advocated with customers in a, mm-hmm. in a longer timeline, which is I, I typically refer to it as multiple points of stability, which is a lot less sexy than the skateboard approach. <laughs> so I'm really happy to see the skateboard <laughs> approach graphic. Yeah. But uh, I was yeah, cruising. Yeah, I'm cruising on the internet, and somebody posted a a picture that they took with their phone of a presentation that someone from Spotify was giving, <laughs> and it was a picture of their you know keynote slide up on a screen, and it said how Spotify builds products. Yes, and the graphic was is you know it's a little tough audio wise, but I'll try the there's like two regions there's like two horizontal regions at the top it was a picture of how they don't do it and the bottom was a picture of how they do do it and the top was like a wheel and then two wheels and then the two wheels connected and then like a car body on the two wheels and then like a steering wheel and a roof and all that stuff and then at the end mm-hmm. you have a car that the person can drive and over every single one of those partially constructed a little smiley face a little well a little unhappy face a little unhappy face until the very last one until the very last one that he's happy and then in the bottom the way they do do it is all smiley faces and it starts off with a skateboard and then they add like a handlebar to the skateboard so it's a scooter and then they add uh some wheels to it yeah they turn it into a bicycle right and then a motorcycle and then a car yeah and this is it like back in the filemaker days like you ha- if you didn't I, I totally did this back in the filemaker days not i suppose not because it was filemaker but because i was a manager and mm-hmm. i was like i cannot tell you how many times i got the phone call i spent 60,000 bucks and i have nothing i have nothing to show for it yes i used to hear that all the time when i was freelancing like i hired there would be like i hired such and such company to do this and I spent $30,000 and they made nothing. The thing doesn't work. And yeah. Yeah. They have half a car. Right. They'd be, if they had a motorcycle, they wouldn't be complaining. Right. Or they'd be like, well, I still want a car, but at least now I have this motorcycle. Yeah. I've got something in the meantime. Um, so we, we were like, like, so I like immediately this graphic occurred to me because then the, the sort of guillotine can fall at any point and we yep. can, you know, we could be, you know, maybe almost have the car done, but if the, the clock runs out, then big deal. We revert to the motorcycle and like that can be judged. Yeah, exactly. And th- that's how I did Rails Rumble last year. Yes. And, it, and remember <laughs> last year you were so much yeah. more relaxed. Yeah, I was. I was actually. And and I got to a point last year where I was like, mm, okay, I could add these additional features. And I'm looking at the app and I'm going, I could add them. And I would be really stressed out and I would be exhausted <laughs> or I could just stop here. I think I'll stop here. Yeah. <laughs> and you won. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I, I mean, I think this is like, I mean, it, it sort of came to a head and like, because this is such a compressed, a ridiculously compressed timeline, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that it did because it crystallized like uh, an underlying premise of mine that yes. uh, had been almost subconscious, but uh, 
I, but now is like 100% conscious and in a way that is easily articulated. Yes. Which is just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is great advice for everybody. It's like, it's like, you know, because th- there's, there's a lot, there's like a million ways to build something. There is. And like, not just the way, not just the nature of your code, but like the code over time and to always have something that works is just great. So, you know, so we spent, a, you know, a, a couple hours, maybe an hour in any way, deciding what are the absolute core resources and like, like, like to have any kind of meaningful application, what are the three things it has to have? Mm-hmm. And then what are the things that would be the cool, like, what's the, what's the skateboard? The skateboard is like this stuff. Yeah. You have to have the skateboard. Yeah. You can't not have the skateboard. And then what's the scooter? Like, what is the steering wheel basically? What's the Mm -hmm. handlebars on the skateboard? And it's like, oh, okay. And and when you're thinking of it like that, it, we both immediately popped out like what the next thing was. Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious what it is. If you're thinking of it like that, but if you're thinking of this whole like 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 all singing, all dancing, wonderful thing, and you start from like the left side and you work over to the right side, it doesn't work that way. It yeah. doesn't. Yeah, and then yeah, the time runs out and you're halfway from the left to the right and you have nothing that works. It's just like brutal. Yeah, yeah, it is. And this is this is like a really great approach, not just for a forty-eight hour programming competitions, but just in general. Because it lets you get something out the door quickly, mm-hmm. and it, um, and you know, you could be, you could be working on your bicycle and run out of budget, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. But you can you still, still get to work bicycle. on the thing, right? Yeah, I'm all over this idea. I, 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 I'm so happy. Like, I'm, al- I already love Rails Rumble and its effect <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's, it's not a, it's not a new idea. No, no, but I mean, it, it's it's the whole it's it's the whole idea behind being agile and iterate early and often. Mm-hmm. But but the whole point of you know you should always have always have something that works. Yeah, get your get your MVP up and and go from there. Um, yeah, but that that little graphic was just such a great way of illustrating it. Yes, so obviously we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah. I wish I knew. So here's here here's a little. Uh, a little, not a caveat, but like a, uh, an apology, I guess. I, so I saw this photo on somebody's Twitter feed whose name I don't remember. And it was from a presentation that I'd never even knew who the present presenter was. So I'm completely sharing this out of nowhere. And then I search for the Spotify thing and then the original or what looks like it might be the original graphic popped up in Google search. And I'm like, Oh cool. And it's from some dude's blog, but I don't even, I, I don't get the sense that he's the one that created yeah. it. So I would love. So if the point is, if you know, if you go to the effort to actually go to the show notes and find this graphic and look it up, if you actually know who the original author is, I would love to credit the person because yeah, they probably should. also have a ton of other awesome stuff on their blog. <laughs> probably, probably <laughs> so. And um, I don't know. Maybe the guys at Spotify know because it was. It seemed like it was a Spotify presenta- presentation, and I think the guy in the blog even. In the guy's blog post, you had mentioned that it that was a Spotify. Oh, maybe it is original so. from them. It was well done. It was not. It uh, was, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's combination cartoony, but also very well done graphics. So there's definitely a, a a real live designer involved. 
<laughs> money was spent. Money was spent. But yeah, I mean there there are so many so many business implications for this and and also just when you think about it this way I believe I think the the finished app that you come up with is better because it's not bloated with unnecessary features and you're starting from a point that's like super super focused. Mm. It's it's like you said it's progressive enhancement like but but crazy like Usually you think of progressive enhancement in terms of like maybe some front end stuff like CSS and like maybe some JavaScript in mm-hmm. particular JavaScript. But this is like the whole app is getting progressively enhanced. Yeah. <laughs> where you have these core features that I, there's just something about there's something about everyone implicitly knowing what the important parts are. There is. And going through this process, I think, helped you and I both figure out what the most important parts were. Mm hmm. Yeah. Totally. And and how we wanted to approach that. Right. Because we in, we ended up at a place that was initially, I don't want to say completely different than what I was thinking initially, but it was fairly different. It's significantly different. Yeah. Me too. I was picturing something significantly different. Although I will say that the, the skateboard is the same. So like, like the, some of the post skateboard stuff, uh, well, maybe, maybe, well, maybe not. Yeah, I take that back. There's some things that are a little bit different user interface wise on mm-hmm. the skateboard that where certain things are emphasized more than others. Yeah. Uh, which will be meaningless until people know what we're talking about. But it, but in general, it was like, because the skateboard's fairly complicated. It's going to involve interacting with like the Stripe API and like user accounts. User account. Yeah. There's like some basic stuff. Like you have to be able to make a purchase. So you have to have a list of products. Like there are certain things that have to be there for anything meaningful to have, for it to have any usefulness whatsoever. Um, And yeah, there's some things that will change about the user interface, but like the core features, uh, you know, if we were going to build an API first, those features for me didn't really change Um, for the, the, I think, yeah, I think most of, most of the changes for me were not so much in the feature set themselves, but, but more of the, um, like the UX mm-hmm. and the design. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Like there were things that I, that were, so like, you know, when, you know, when you had, like we initially had the idea and like it kind of popped full formed in my mind at like a, mm-hmm. a particular level that was probably around the car level. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boom, this thing like plopped into my mind. It's, it's yeah. kind of like this, but focused on that. You know, it's kind of like these two things mashed together. So I could picture a fairly uh, clearly defined th- yeah. big thing. And there was no distinction immediately in my mind about which things were core and which things were not core. But it was just after, all kind of there. <laughs> yeah, it was all kind of there. Everything was like of equal importance. And when we, we, we went through the skateboard approach exercise, it became immediately apparent to me like the 50% of this stuff were nice to haves and 50% of this stuff was yeah. critically important. 50% of the stuff is, is bicycle or better. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then separately, we also had conversations with potential users and it was like, wow, you know, they brought a very interesting right. perspective into the mix, which is a completely separate. But so the cool thing is, I suppose that, 
we could build the skate, you know, if it wasn't Rails Rumble, we could build a skateboard and actually say, hey, check this out. We're about, we're going to build it, turn this into a scooter. Should we build this right. kind of handlebars or that kind of handlebars? Right. What kind of handlebars should we have? What color should we paint it? Do we need some kind of anti-skid stuff on the deck? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. GPS or yeah. auto braking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want, do you want a kickstand or do you want? Exactly. Right. What's more important? Handbrakes or kickstand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. We hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. 